welcome to the third episode of Candid. In this episode, I'm going to be discussing how to prioritize work. And it's just going to be an experience here from my side, what I found to really work for myself in my, in my professional career, as, as well as actually, you know, in my private life as well. But for the sake of being focused, I'm going to narrow this to purely on the professional basis. So the first a concept I'd like to describe that really has helped me prioritize any task uh, throughout work is the Eisenhower matrix. And so the Eisenhower matrix literally just gets you to ask two key questions when it comes to facing any task, whether it be an email that just arrived, whether it be an assignment that's just been given to you um, or any other situation that requires you to make a decision. So the, the first question in consideration of any task is, is this important? The second question, is this urgent? And then what the Eisenhower matrix does visually um, is it literally then looks at the intersection between those uh, different scenarios, right? So uh, whether a task is important and urgent, important but not urgent, urgent but not important, and then neither important or urgent at all. So using this particular matrix has really helped me personally. And um, I've just jotted down a couple of things and bearing in mind just to check out the LinkedIn newsletter where it's far more, you know, detailed, but I'm just going to give you, um, you know, a key kind of description of each of these uh, specific uh, relationships or these intersections. And I think just to backtrack quickly and just discuss what I consider to be important in the professional context as well as then urgent, right? So from the important side, I would describe that to be very much aligned to your business's strategy as well as epitomizing the team's values, right? So anything that's really um, is directed towards executing on your strategy and then um, is very much aligned to the values and ultimately the culture of the business, that would be considered important in my eyes. And then in terms of the urgency side of things, basically anything that would halt or um, completely or slow down the m momentum of you achieving um, um, that, that particular um, direction, then that would be um, considered um, in my mind urgent, right? Um, and so just a point here, a lot of the times if you're dealing with customers or actually even your colleagues, what they consider to be urgent, right? The um, very random deadlines that are often created, what they consider to be ur urgent doesn't necessarily mean it actually is urgent for the business in respect of your role. So just, yeah, it's gonna take a lot of kind of repetition or even practice in this case, but you'll, you'll really get to, to grips with exactly what actually is urgent and, and, and specifically important as well. And then, deciding on those relationships, what exists and what doesn't on each of those. So I've written down on each of these scenarios and I'm just going to go through them. In, in the first particular scenario here, it's going to relate to the important and urgent uh, scenario. So in this case, you have to complete it immediately and um, or as soon as possible and be directly involved, right? So. For, from my side of things, um, an example of this would be uh, an, a new onboarding process for our new team, mem team members. Um, it can be a, a launch of a, 
um, the immediate launch of an actual product. Like I have to be involved in that, um, you know, lines to the strategy as well as then of course, um, you know, has a, is time sensitive as well in the context of urgency. So, um, for me, um, anything that has that relationship, you must do it now and it, you have to be involved in it. Then if we go to the next scenario, um, where it's important, but not urgent, that's where planning and scheduling comes into, um, into account. And in terms of planning and scheduling, uh, what I like to do uh, personally is I like to actually then allocate time in my calendar and uh, to actually literally add that as a specific time that I need to uh, invest in that particular task. And it really helps me. So you're also going to see just now um, I'm sharing my screen and then I'm showing you exactly how to work or how I work my calendars um, with color coding as well as then, you know, categorizing that. So um, on a weekly and monthly basis, I'm able to actually analyze where I'm spending my time, what I'm spending my time on, and uh, to determine whether, you know, things are relating to importance and urgency as well. So um, I'm going to include this in this um, podcast uh, shortly, but I just want to first quickly go through the remaining scenarios. And then if we go to the third um, particular scenario, it is when a task is not important, um, but it is urgent. And when that is the case, and this is of course in your context, um, delegate that to someone that has the necessary skills or competency, competencies around that. And in today's world, what can be added to this is you may not need, even need to delegate it to someone. You can just use an AI tool, right? So as an example, I use uh, for all of my sales meetings, uh, as well as any external meetings for that matter, I use a software called Sybil. You can check it out, the link on my newsletter. And literally that has been a game changer in the ability to very quickly uh, create uh, minutes as well as actionables of who is responsible to do what after a particular meeting. It even records the meeting as well, so I don't have to even click the record button uh, when I use Google Meet when I do that. So it's really been a game changer in making me more productive. But at the same time, a lot of the time, that is a situation that um, it's not important, but urgent. And instead of delegating to someone else to help, uh, I actually now have got an AI assistant, if you, if you will. So definitely check, um, you know, check that out. And uh, just, I know a lot of people don't like giving up control, but this is really where I would say this particular scenario of something not being important, but considered urgent takes up or consumes a ton of your time if you're not willing to delegate um, that certain responsibility. Then the last scenario is when a task is not important or urgent and you just need to eliminate that or reduce um, it as much as possible from occurring or from, from taking time. And what tends to happen here is the meetings that we attend, a lot of the meetings are really, really ineffective and uh, they've probably not important or urgent. And so as a consequence of that, what I would recommend that you consider here is uh, introducing desired outcomes in the description of the calendar invite, especially when there are more than two people attending a meeting. So I included a example in my LinkedIn newsletter with a screenshot of, of how we include a desired outcome for sales calls, but this can be, and most importantly, for internal purposes as well. So uh, if I've got a, 
a people-related meeting around possibly a new, a new team member joining, um, but us, you know, going through the recruitment process with them. If my uh, colleague is going to set up a meeting with me, they're needing to actually add a desired outcome, just so I can understand before um, attending the meeting exactly what to expect and what we need to actually achieve. If you receive a, an, an email um, for an event that doesn't have a desired outcome and like literally four or five people are on that, I would highly encourage you to, to ask the organizer around, hey, listen, what are the desired outcomes for this meeting just so I can prepare? So don't come in more in an instructional way. Just ask it in the context of like, you really want to contribute or make sure that you can contribute. So what can you actually prepare? Um, and then the culture of the team and the business uh, over time, that then, that then actually uh, does take place and everyone starts to do it because they realize how efficient and effective it is in making sure we don't have meetings that are not important and um, you know, not urgent as well. So I hope that you kind of find that useful. Like I said, it's going to be relevant to your particular role. And uh, what I've got now is a, a screen share of me going through both my calendar as well as something else in terms of a concept when it comes to emails. So before I share that screen, screen share, um, the concept of inbox zero, I'd highly, highly recommend that you investigate it if you have never heard of it. Um, and what the, the, the concept of inbox zero is, is premised on is that we are distracted constantly every single, you know, 10, 15 minutes, uh, with emails and a lot of the emails, you know, fall within those not important and not urgent, um, you know, scenarios. And as an example, when you send out a calendar invite to everyone for a meeting, you get both a notification when people accept that meeting, you get when they decline the meeting and you get when they propose a new time. So out of that particular option, you don't need to get a notification for the uh, people that accept a calendar invite. You only actually need a notification when they're proposing a new time or declining, which is basically the same thing then. So Inbox Zero creates a couple of rules and filters within your inbox um, to actually get rid of those distractions. So it automatically skips your inbox and then is archived. And then why it's called Zero is because what you're effectively doing is for every single new email that's coming in, you're, you're deciding from there, whether you need to action it and you label it for action, um, or whether you're awaiting on someone else to do something, so you label it awaiting response, or if you're going to delay this and defer it to, to later, then you can say read later and you label it read later. And then what's happening is as you're doing that, you're archiving it. So how you set up the structure, you've basically got four inboxes, um, action needed, uh, awaiting response, read later, and then your main inbox. So when you're archiving it, it still appears within those three labels in a very visual way, but then it's archived from your main inbox. And so this is phenomenal when it comes to like, um, just, you, you know, your unconscious anxiety that exists as a consequence of just seeing your emails. Even if you've read an email and it's just sitting there in your main inbox, it actually does add, or from what my experience is, it adds anxiety because it, it's, it's still there and it's not necessarily like gone. So. What I'd recommend here is, is really applying Inbox Zero for both Gmail and Outlook. I've shared the Gmail YouTube video on, uh, on the LinkedIn newsletter. 
And so literally what this is going to allow you to do is start archiving your emails that are completely not relevant or then archiving and labeling them so that you, of course, can address them. Um, and then if you can do them immediately, you would do them immediately and then you would archive it afterwards. That lands you up in, in a situation where you literally, by the end of the day, will have no emails in your inbox. And then, so when you start the day, um, the following day, you're looking at your to be actioned section, possibly to read later section around, maybe you need to move that to, to action marks and, and then any new emails that have come in. So you're very, very focused. Um, and so, yeah, enjoy this uh, screen share now. Um, around me taking you through both the calendar approach, um, how I use my calendar, as well as then the inbox era side of things. Okay, so this is my actual calendar for this particular week that I'm recording right now. How I've done this within the Gmail calendar environment is I actually color code all my actual calendar events. And I don't necessarily do it like as the events happen or as they're created, perhaps at the end of the week or like during the week, then I'll just jump in and I'll go edit some of the events and just change the event type so that it actually categorizes it accordingly. So you'll see here on the right, I've got personal sales, marketing, ads, CRM, website, people, strategy. And then when you don't actually allocate it, it, it creates a default. Uh, so there's just one calendar um, event that I haven't actually allocated. And then it does the remaining amount in the remaining amount is basically whatever you define your working hours as and mine are nine to five. So literally anything that doesn't actually have a calendar event in it. And I really would recommend that you consider doing this. And you can also do this in Office 365 if you don't use the Google Workspace or previously G Suite platform uh, in terms of Gmail and so on. But I think for me, the important part here is really just making sure that Overall, you're able to monitor where you're actually prioritizing your time, where you're allocating time, and therefore that actually is, as a consequence, your priority, whether you intend it or not. And this is also a great way if you think about the conversations that you have, if you have a manager, if you have a team, this is a great way to really just uh, showcase exactly like where you're actually focusing and then you're able to have discussions with them if you see it leaning towards an area that really is perhaps not a priority you can actually have the conversation with real data i think phase one of this is of course uh, just making sure that all of your kind of tasks that you're acquiring um, whether they are meetings or actual tasks include them in your calendar um, and then the next phase i would say is then segmenting them in terms of what it is that you're actually fulfilling in the context of your role. So for example, if you're a, a asset management a analyst, uh, then of course you're not going to be dealing most likely with sales and marketing and, and all of this within the company I work in, which is Search Kings Africa. So you're going to want to maybe split that possibly into research or maybe analysis. And so that will really just showcase exactly where it is that you're spending your time and where there's opportunity to, to change as well. Um, and then in terms of the, the inbox zero side of things, I just wanted to show you this over here. So on the inbox zero side of things, you'll see in this context now, um, I only have one email in my inbox. And I think it's quite, 
it may seem quite daunting, but once you apply inbox zero, ultimately what you're really just trying to do is as every single email comes into your inbox, you're, you're actually deciding whether you need to action this email, whether you need to await for a, a response from, from other parties, or you can actually just read it later and, and, and effectively delay it. And then finally, just actually just completely archive it. And because it's not, you know, like it's good, it doesn't require anything. So from, from my side, this is what I literally do on a hourly basis, you know, as I'm, as, as I'm working, as emails come in, if I'm not going to attend to the email immediately, then I will classify it according to those three classifications, action needed, awaiting response and read data. Please make sure that you check out YouTube for the tutorials around how to set this up. It's, it's really, really effective. And then in terms of the actual process here, what I would also recommend that you look out for is simple things. And you're going to see this in the tutorial, but I can tell you now, this is the best way uh, to really make sure that you stay on top of your communication and really focus on what it actually is that you should be prioritizing and as well as also holding others accountable in this awaiting section over here. That's where, you know, those are emails that you sent to people that you're waiting on them to do something that actually affects you or the business. So it really keeps you on top of your game when it comes to following up, as well as then, of course, actioning what you're accountable for in that regard. This will never replace a CRM, but um, I would say that most people within the professional sense, uh, they're, they're dealing with email. And so you really need to neaten this up. Um, the days of allocating your emails as they come into folders is, is gone. Uh, labeling them per the inbox zero method is is definitely more efficient and, and very sustainable as well. So uh, please make sure that you check it out. Um, highly recommend it. I really hope that you've enjoyed this episode. And if you have any other ideas and tips and tricks around productivity, please let me know. I'm happy to introduce a, a let's call it a, um, a next episode when it comes to this in a couple of, um, you know, a couple of months time. Uh, but uh, see you in the next episode. Cheers.